Sri Vishnu Sahasranama, name 806, Suvarna Bindu. I first remember hearing this name quite a few years ago in relation to the name of an initiated devotee in Croatia who is well known to the devotees in Croatia and who I have since come to know very much and appreciate very much. But I remember when I first heard the name, I thought, what does that mean? It's not difficult to understand what Suvarna Bindu means. The, the obvious meaning, Suvarna, is a common word which means gold, which is also rendered in Sanskrit and more commonly as Svarna, and that comes out in Hindi and other modern Indian languages as Sona. So Suvarna, the common meaning is gold, and Bindu is a common word which means a drop, so it means a drop of gold. Hmm. But what does that mean in relation to the Supreme Personality of Godhead? A drop of gold, it would seem that he's much more than all the gold in all the millions and trillions of universes. So let's have a look and see what it means. Suvarna and Bindu, although these words, they are, yeah, commonly mean gold and drop, they can have other meanings also, as is quite common in Sanskrit, and we'll find the commentators on Sri Vishnu Sahasranama. They are empowered by the Supreme Lord in their hearts, manifested through Shuddha Sarasvati, the goddess of learning who is engaged in glorifying the Supreme Lord personally and through great devotees. She inspires them. So they have found various ways to understand the words, the names, uh, and the syllables within Vishnu Sahasranama. Su can mean very good, special, and Varna often refers to color, so we have Suvarna, which means special or very nice. Su means very nice. Color, so Suvarna, gold is very nice. Varna, of course, also a common meaning is letter, <clears throat> as in the letters of the alphabet. And Bindu, the word is derived from to split, to divide, uh, and taking another track on it, to know. Now, generally accepted by Sanskrit grammarians, that the, the letter, the Varna Bindu, begins with B. So B and V are interchangeable. So therefore, it could be taken as Suvarna Vindu or interpreted like that also. And we get so many understandings from this. Bindu means drop, just like we have a drop of water. Uh, but it also means the 
round dot on the forehead. Uh, women commonly wear that, but actually men also can wear. It's very common up to the present day. When we go to a temple, especially in South India, the, the, the kumkum is offered to the Lord, will be given so we can put a dot on our head. It also means the anusvara, the 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 mark. Well, that's the mark. It's the sound. Here we have varna as sound and letter because anusvara is the a particular letter within the Sanskrit alphabet, which is comes in the omkar and. That will be discussed a little later. The dots, it can mean a dot, like the dots on the mark of a deer. That's also called uh, bindu. So with these various meanings of su, varna, and bindu, we can, or rather the acharyas, have drawn out so many different meanings. Parashrabhata. He's still describing how Lord Buddha has deliberately misled atheistic people. And this name Suvarna Bindu, who takes it like this, that conceal, he takes this to mean that concealing by, by his by the letters he conceals. He conceals the real meaning of the Vedas and he uses sweet words, suvarna, sweet words, sweet sounds can be taken, sweet sounds, to mislead those persons who were on the Vedic path, superficially, but they were misusing it. Demoniac people taking the Vedas and misusing it. The Asuras, the demons, are expert at misusing everything. Everything that is meant for some, some good, they can misuse it. Even the Vedic path, which is meant for ultimate good. There are many examples of this. I gave in a recent talk, Shukracharya, Indrajit, Ravana, are examples of Vedic scholars who misused the powers that could be, that can be attained by following the Vedic path. They used, they misused the powers to cause trouble to the world and particularly to the. Uh, Demigods, Indrari Vyakulam Lokam, disturbing the demigods and causing harm to others. Often, or generally, mystic power is associated with saintliness or godliness. Not necessarily so. As we see in the case of many demons who are described in the Puranas who had mystic powers, but they misused them. Srila uh, Prabhupada described one Tailanga Baba, 
who died in 1887, and he was said to be almost 300 years old at the time, which is quite possible. Yogis can live a long life. Srila Prabhupada described him. This yogi was so fam- he was still famous at the time of Prabhupada, and you can still find him described on the internet. So he's quite a big yogi. He passed away so long ago, long ago, I mean, according to our short lifespans, it seems like a long time ago. But Srila Prabhupada described that the British would lock him up. The British administration would lock him up for walking around the streets naked. So they'd arrest him, put him in prison, he wouldn't protest. And then they'd find him walking around in the streets again naked. And he tried locking him up several times, but it was hopeless. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't detain him because of his yogic powers. He could come out. So we don't hear anything in particular about his saintliness. He became more famous for his mystic power. What saintliness, that, that didn't seem to catch the attention of people, whatever saintliness he may or may not have had. A, a more contemporary person having mystic powers is the infamous Sai Baba. Of course, there are two famous Sai Babas. And quite a few wannabe Sai Babas have come up in the meantime, but they never really hit the gold. Talking about gold here. Uh, Although apparently there is in Andhra Pradesh one really, uh, there's one really getting on the crest of the wave, Sai Baba, who's really catching the attention of foolish people. So Sai Baba, who lived in our lifetime, the fuzzy-haired one, uh, he apparently had mystic power, although some people said he he did he did magic tricks like any magician can be trained to do. But apparently he had some mystic power. Many people describe that they would keep pictures of him and vibhuti, or some ashes, would manifest from that picture every day, whatever value that might be to you, to get some ashes. What's the value of that? But anyway, it appears he had some mystic power, not from anything he did in this life, because he didn't live a very saintly life by any means. Uh, He had the mystic power to hoodwink so many people. So he had some mystic power, but he's demoniac, asuric. Although he talks the language of love and peace and goodwill, uh, he let people call him Bhagavan. He diverted their, their tendency to worship God to himself. That is demoniac. We should be very careful of people in this Kali Yuga. Of, we should be very careful of people who, who, they just talk so much about love and peace and goodwill and humanitarianism and this and that. They're often very, very dangerous people. They talk so much about being good and nice, but don't believe them necessarily. See what people do, actually. Just yesterday or the day before, one disciple of mine was telling me that uh, about she said about her father and about myself that 
she never saw in either her father or myself the tendency to harm others. What does that mean? That means she's, she, she's in her life, she sees most people have the tendency to harm others. And the te to not have that tendency, that seems to be something unusual. Then what a nasty world we're living in. Therefore, we're discussing about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When everything else fails, there's always Krishna. Always Krishna. He's always waiting for us. We can go to him, but we shouldn't be misled by demons and cheetahs. The um, amazing thing that Parasha Bhatta is bringing out in this series of names uh, which he's in, he's interpreted in a certain way, is that how demoniac people use the Vedic knowledge to exploit and manipulate and cheat others. That's amazing in itself. It might seem amazing, but actually it's a very common thing that religion is used to cheat others. People take the guise of religious people to cheat others. But then another amazing, uh, another amazing facet of, of this discussion is that the Supreme Lord himself comes to cheat those who are cheating others and divert them from the Vedic path so the Vedic path can be cleared of their demoniac tendencies. Then, another meaning of Suvarna Bindu is given by Shankaracharya. He uses, again, taking this V Bindu, taking the B as V, he gives the meaning as Avayava, limbs. The word for Bindu means limbs, and therefore Suvarna Bindu means he who has limbs like gold, golden limbs. Now, of course, when we who are blessed by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we, we cannot deny it, we should not deny it, we are so fortunate to be blessed by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, coming in the parampara through his great devotee, Srila Prabhupada, and through so many acharyas. So when we hear of the Supreme Lord being described as he has golden limbs, naturally we think, Gauranga! And naturally, the commentators in other sampradayas, uh, especially those prior to Lord Chaitanya, they don't think of him because he is Chanakalo Yadabhavat Apitaistri Lokyam. He is a covered avatar and appears openly as Vishnu in only three yugas. Therefore, one name of Narayana is Triyugi. He who appears in three ages. He appears in Kali Yoga also. In this Kali Yoga, he has appeared in his beautiful golden limb body as Lord Chaitanya. Uh, otherwise, uh, quotations can be taken from the Vedas, Chandogya Upanishad. This has been quoted in other names that have come uh, previously, that have been um, Suvarna Varna. Become, if we take the name 
Suvarna Varna, it's very similar to Suvarna Bindu, who, who is of a golden color. Hemanga means the same thing, golden, who has golden limbs. Varanga, who has beautiful limbs. Chandanangadi can also mean, if we take, well, that's another meaning which can be given is, who has dots, golden dots on his face. That means uh, the idea of giving, well, Suvarna Bindu, one meaning given by the Acharyas is who has golden dots, just like dots of Chandan put on put on his face and other parts of his body. Chandan, sandalwood comes in different colors and you can mix it also with kesar, saffron, and that makes a very nice golden color. And that, you, that can be put, you can put on deities and then you can take the prasad of that and offer to the devotees also. That's very nice to decorate the Little girls, that's quite common in in the West at Rathiatras. They use the, the gopi chandan, the yellow dots. And you can just use very simple uh, turmeric also and mix that and make nice golden dots. But that's originally for Krishna. So chan, chandanangadi, his body is smeared. His limbs are smeared with sandalwood pulp. So all these names are similar. And a quote from Chandogya Upanishad is uh, quoted in this regard. Uh, it actually describes the sun god, but then, of course, the sun god is a representative of the Supreme Lord Vishnu. Hiranmaya Purusho Drishite, Hiranya Smashurura, Hiranya Kesha Apranasvat Sarva Eva Suvarnaha. His whole body glitters like gold, even down to his toenails. He has a bright golden beard and bright golden hair. Satyadeva Vashishta also takes the meaning, who has a beautiful complexion and beautiful limbs. Suvarna can mean not necessarily gold, but beautiful. But he gives another meaning and... The meaning is that uh, he, manif he himself is very beautiful, Suvarna and Bindu. He divides. Uh, he divides this world, which into into different features. Uh, this, of course, emphasizes the Dvaita philosophy that there is twoness in this world, and twoness can mean threeness, fourness, fiveness. Or, or uh, Vaishishtya, Vishishta Advaita. But generally, we think there are two main philosophies, Advaita and Advaita. Two-ness and oneness. But Vishishta Advaita gives us, there's oneness and Vaishishtya. There is variety. So the Lord has, even in the oneness, Lord Vishnu, even in the oneness, he divides the, the oneness into variety. And a specific uh, context of this uh, that Sat Satyadeva Vashishta gives is just like a tree. A tree is one entity, one form. 
But still, there are varieties of there. There are various parts of the, the various parts of the body, the roots, the trunk, the branches, the twigs, the leaves, the flowers, the fruits. There's one example. Now we have the season, jackfruit season. Now in India, we see the amazing varieties of creations that the Supreme Lord has made. The jackfruit is such a fruit. It can be huge, heavy fruit. Like this one fruit can be this, this size, even bigger. It can be so heavy. And, and it grows, yes, it grows on the branches, but even on the trunk, and even from the roots below the ground you'll find fruit coming up below the ground it's such an such an amazing creation of the lord and we find i found throughout this short life in my travels in different places you come across different kinds of fruit that you just fruit and vegetables that you just just couldn't have imagined before you you saw them and the flavors And they want to make all one. Very expression of frustration and envy of the Supreme Lord makes so much variety. And we just want to make it all one. And deny the creative capacity of the Supreme Lord. So many wonderful things. Keshava, Tua Jagat Vichitra. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Keshav, your creation, your, your universe is vichitra, can mean very variegated. It can mean very strange also. This is the material world. There are so many wonderful varieties here. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful. The good Lord made them all. And this is only the material world. We can hardly imagine. We can't. Practically, we can't imagine the spiritual world. In our present situation to us, it's achintya, beyond our imagination. We just have to take information from people who have been there, who know what it's like. Otherwise, we may hear about it and think it's all poppycock, just like British people living in their cold little island, and they hear... Travelers' tales. People have been to Africa and they tell them about giraffes and hippopotami and, and banyan trees in India and, and they don't believe it. They can be, how can there be such a thing? They simply don't believe it because it's beyond their range of imagination. Sri Radha Krishna Shastri uh, again gives the example, as he's done before in this kind of name, of the Supreme Lord who appeared in a golden form coming out of the Yagyakunda of Brahma uh, in the, the, the Yagya that was form, performed by Brahma at Kanchipuram. Then, he who is another meaning of Suvarna Bindu, he who is in the form of the auspicious Pranav Mantra, 
That means we have what? We have a, u, ma. So a and u, these are two auspicious varnas. So su varna, auspicious varnas, two auspicious letters. And ma is the anusvara. There you go, it's right there in Om. You have to know a little bit about the formation of Sanskrit, to, of how it's written, to understand this. Uh, but it also, because Omka is, the, as it's pronounced, as it's, as it's vibrated, it, it, the sounds, one merges into another. Oh, I can say, oh, and then merges into m. So in that way also, both in the written form, a plus u plus m, and m in this case becomes anusvara. It's that dot, again, that bindu. So then we get the Omka, as it's written in Devanagari script. And there are various ways it's written in the very... Uh, well, when I say Devanagari script, what shall I say? It's, it's the, the, what we could call a Hindi script. But it, it's written similarly, but somewhat differently, in uh, the, various, the various different scripts in which are used for... Uh, Indian language for the Indian languages which are derived f primarily from Sanskrit. So that means we have different scripts for uh, Bengali and Assamese and Manipuri. They're almost the same. They're just a little difference. And then different script for Oriya, for Telugu, for Tamil, for Malayalam, and. Yeah, Marathi is almost the same as the Hindi script, and then different script for uh, Gujarati, Punjabi, Gurmukhi came up relatively recently, but they all have Omkar, and they all have the same basic components, the way it's written. So there's an, another meaning given by Shankaracharya, that he's Suvarna Bindu, because they're the two. There's another meaning given by Shankaracharya. He's Suvarna Bindu because there are two auspicious uh, varnas, letters, followed by the Anusvara. So Suvarna Bindu means Omka. So Omka is Krishna, Pranava Sarva Vedeshu. He himself says in Bhagavad Gita that in all the Vedas he is re represented by Pranav, which is another word for Omkara. Taking this idea further, all the Vedic letters are auspicious because they're all meant for glorifying Krishna. Now, they can be used in a wrong way. <laughs> Just like to give an example, Uh, yeah, to give an example, the cow is an auspicious animal, but the cow can be mistreated and misused. So the Vedic letters are in themselves auspicious because they are meant for 
describing the Supreme Lord. So, Suvarna Bindu means that all the Vedic letters, if properly understood, are meant for glorifying Him only. Vede Ramayana Vede Ramayana Chaiva Purane Bharate Tata Adav Antecha Madhecha Hari Sarvatra Giyate. In all the Vedas, Puranas, Mahabharata, Ramayana, everywhere, Hari is glorified. So that's another meaning of Suvarna Bindu. Then, uh, taking it that the Vedas consist of auspicious letters and that he knows them all. He knows all the Vedas and all the intricate meanings of the Vedas. So in this way, he's also Suvarna Bindu. Suvarna meaning auspicious letters and auspicious sounds. And again, the Vedas, they consist of words, which means words are both in the written form and in the spoken form. So in both ways, Suvarna uh, relates to the Vedic sounds and uh, Bindu, which, which gives the idea he, of knowing. In this sense, it's taken as knowing. So he knows completely all the Vedic sounds and therefore he is Suvarna Bindu. He knows, all, he knows completely all the Vedic sounds, therefore he is Suvarna Bindu. Simply put, he knows all the Vedas very well. Now, here's something, another meaning given. This gets quite deep in the understanding and, and quite amazing. All the letters of the Vedas refer to his qualities. However, even though great personalities, and the example given here, this is coming from the Madhva Sampradaya, Mahalakshmi and Vayu, they know the Vedas thoroughly and completely but they still don't fully know Vishnu. Why is that? If all the Vedas describe him and the great personalities Mahalakshmi and Vayu know the Vedas thoroughly and completely, but they still don't fully understand him. Why is that? The answer given here is that the Supreme Lord Vishnu has unlimited transcendental auspicious qualities. And even the Vedas cannot fully cover all these transcendental auspicious qualities. And the Vedas themselves state that they cannot fully describe him. Yatova cho nivartante aprapya manasa saha. The Vedic sounds say that Words cannot properly describe him, fully describe him. He cannot be 
attained by the mind. So how this is understood, how it is interpreted in this understanding is that there are so many auspicious qualities of the Lord. So there should be some sounds to denote them, but some sounds are not in the Vedas. This is, there are transcendental sounds which are not in the Vedas. Shabda means the sound that is vachaka, that which, that which is sounded, that which is said. And vacha, that which is described, the object, the, this pen. Pen is the sound, and that's vachaka. And vacha, that which is described, is the object, which is known as a pen. So, according to this understanding in the Madhva Sampradaya, there are unlimited transcendental qualities of the Lord, which cannot be all described by the Vedas, and so, therefore there are certain sounds which are known only to Him. Therefore, they, they quote here, Svayamevatmanatmanam vetatvang purushottama. Arjuna says to Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, that only you can know yourself fully. Bhuta bhavana bhutesha deva deva jagatpate. He addresses Krishna as he who makes everything come into being, the Lord of all living beings, the, the God of gods and the Lord of the universe. Only you can know yourself fully by your own potencies. You who are the supreme above all humans. So the explanation is that there are transcendental sounds which describe the transcendental qualities of the Lord. But even that only gives a drop of his transcendental characteristics. So exalted is this Supreme Personality of Godhead who we are fortunate to be engaged in the service of or engaged in the service of his servants. So, there we have a discussion of the name Suvarna Bindu, and I hope at least my friend there in Croatia, in Croatia Suvarna Bindu Prabhu, will be happy with this explanation. And I hope that the devotees of the Lord who are kind enough to listen to this discussion will find inspiration in the practice of Krishna consciousness by considering the meanings of this name, Suvarna Bindu. Vancha kalpa evacha. Patitanam pavane bhyo vaishnave bhyo namo namaha. Dande nidhaya chunakang padayone patya kritvacha kakushatameta da humravimi. Hey, sadhava sakala eva vihaya durat. Goranga chanda charane kurutanu ragaha. Parivadatu jano yata tata bhav nanu mokarona vayang vichara yamaha. 
Hari Rasa Madhirama Dati Matab Huvi Vinotama Nartama Niravishama Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare